Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast God's Holy Word. I'm your lovely host Leslie Sullivan, and today is episode 73, and we're going to be taking a look at the first book in Psalm. It's a very beautiful psalm, I think. It's kind of the beginning of some very interesting prayers. And if you don't know where the book of Psalm is in the Bible, Just open your Bible up to the very middle. So it's a really good section to read not only because it's very easy to find, but I find that regardless of what you were raised in, it's a very easy book to understand and I think that's a wonderful way to draw close to God. Focus on things that we understand immediately and then build on those concepts and those precepts. Because I think sometimes we get bogged down in religion theology and indoctrination and none of those things are from God. Those things I just mentioned are man-made forms of religion that actually just cause division within the Christian church, which is not what we are called to do. Not a single one of us is called to be a divider. Every single one of us is called to be a unifier. Like we are supposed to have unity within the church. That's what every single one of us is called to do. You know, before being called to be a unifier, we are all called to to be believers in Christ Jesus, and I think that's a wonderful thing to start out with. But let's go ahead and take a look at this puppy here. So I'm reading from the amplified version. It's a very pretty one. It's large print, and I don't even have a problem with vision, but it's really nice to have larger print. So let's go ahead and take a look at this. And again, I'm reading from the first book of Psalm. And it says, you know, the title of this one is the righteous and the wicked contrasted. So, you know, being a Christian doesn't mean that your life is just going to be super easy because you're a Christian. In fact, being a Christian technically means your life can be very difficult, but it will be made easy when you give your life to Christ and you believe in the goodness of God. Because if all you ever believe in is what the news says or what social media says then you're going to have a very turbulent life. So I strongly suggest that you turn off the news, you limit your time on social media like maybe to 10 minutes a day or maybe 5 minutes and that's it because there's only so much the brain can absorb. And so you want to make sure that whatever your brain is absorbing that it's good and true and it's not garbage. So Don't make your brain or your heart or your soul turn into a garbage dump or a landfill because you and I were made in the image of Almighty God. So we are not garbage. We are beautiful in his eyes. Doesn't matter whether we are male or female. Both of us and all of us were made in the image of God and we are beautiful and wonderful in his sight. And yes, men can be beautiful. Doesn't mean they have to be gay. In fact, they should not be gay. But here's the thing, everything that God makes is his masterpiece. And that is a beautiful thing. So let's go ahead and take a look at this. Again, it's Psalm 1. It says, "Blessed, fortunate, prosperous and favored by God is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, following their advice and example, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit down to rest in the seat of scoffers or ridiculers." What I find very interesting about this first verse is that when you do things God's way even if it doesn't make sense to our natural human mind when you do things God's way you're blessed you're fortunate you're prosperous and you're favored by God but when you do things man's way and the opposite of what God wants you to do guess what you're going to have you're going to have a very not so good lifestyle 
more than likely you will be surrounded by the wicked. And what I find very interesting is that the Bible is very I would say blunt about who we are supposed to associate with. So I want to talk about this for just a moment because I think it's very important to discuss okay, who do we keep fellowship with? Who are we friends with because it does matter. The Bible is very clear right here that we are not supposed to stand in the path of sinners and we're not supposed to sit down to rest. in the seat of scoffers or ridiculers. So we're not supposed to be hanging out with people that don't believe in God. That doesn't mean we shun them or shame them. We should pray for them, possibly invite them to church if that's something you're comfortable doing. I will say this in regards to again this is a side note. I've said this before, but I think it's important to say it again. If you're a woman, you need to be very careful who you invite to church. Because I've learned my lesson with this. I know that, you know, back in college, it was no big deal to ask someone to go to church with you because you're all college kids. But whenever you get out in the real world and you start inviting, you know, people that you don't know or maybe you haven't known very long and you know you guys are adults or whatever, it's you're not in that protected um atmosphere or that bubble of a of a university. You're out in the real world. dealing with real people, real life situations, real drama and things of that nature. So, I want to be very clear about this, um especially for women. And I'll I'll use an example of something that happened to me several years ago. So, I have to think back when this was. This was probably I don't know, 5 to 7 years ago. It's probably like 6 or 7. And I was attending a church and uh I was attending a, a Catholic church because I was Catholic at the time. And I would go to this Taco Bell to have lunch and or dinner sometimes after mass. And so whenever I would pray, I would make the sign of the cross. It was very obvious I was Catholic. And there was this woman working there. She wasn't a manager at the Taco Bell, but she was a worker and she was probably like 15 or 20 years older than me. And it was very obvious that she had had a very rough life. But she was super sweet to me, she was really nice. And so, you know, this is before, you know, I started just only staying in my vehicle to eat my meals when going through like a drive-through, like I used to go in and sit down for meals. It didn't matter whether it was a Taco Bell or Chili's, like I would always go inside and and relax and be chill and you know, read a book or you know, check out stuff on my phone or whatever the case may be. Well this woman, she approached me, this worker or whatever. She approached me and she said, "You know, I'm sorry, I don't mean to bother you." I said, "Oh, you're not bothering me. What's up?" And she said, "I noticed that that you were praying and you made the sign of the cross." I said, "Well, yes." And she goes, "Are you Catholic?" And I said, "Yes, are you?" And she said, "No, but I'm thinking about becoming Catholic." I said, "Oh, okay." Well, you know, what is it you want to know? So so we struck up a conversation. And she was very nervous at least that's the impression she gave me she was very much not walking with her head up her shoulders were hunched she's like oh i'm so sorry to bother you i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i know you come here all the time i was like no it's fine you know it's it's okay well she tells me that she's living with her mother-in-law that her husband is native american and he has been arrested he is in jail and he has an alcohol problem and things like that which is very common for native americans 
Um, it's just very common, and that may offend some people, but you cannot deny the facts or the statistics on that. You know, if you look at the rate of domestic violence and alcoholism on Indian uh, tribal lands or reservations, it is extremely high, and it's really sad. And very few of them are Christian, and um, women and children suffer a lot um, due to domestic violence um, from just the lifestyles that they have sometimes on these Indian reservations. But anyway, um, I can't remember if they had a daughter together. I think he had a kid. And then she had a kid and they came together, you know, to get married or, or whatever. And um, so she moved to be closer to her husband because I guess he's here in Oklahoma in the state penitentiary. He's supposed to be released soon or whatever. And so um, the, the mother-in-law, she can't stand her. So, the, so this is what the wife is telling me or whatever. She's telling me that the mother-in-law hates her, can't stand her, and the son can do no wrong, which is typical of a mama's boy. Um, I've noticed that even when a guy is not a mama's boy with his mother, the mother always takes the side of the son even when they're a jerk and they're screwed up. It's really weird. It's one thing to love and protect your son or your children in general, but it's another thing to be in complete denial about what they've done, you know, and the crimes that they have committed. But anyway, so her husband is in jail. He's supposed to be released soon. They have a daughter, and or, or her daughter is pregnant and is supposed to be giving birth soon, but her daughter's not married. So this woman is going to have a grandbaby soon. And she's thinking about becoming Catholic. And she said the husband has been talking to a deacon Or talking to somebody in, in prison, you know, someone that visits there, and he's thinking about becoming Catholic, which I found that that was my first red flag. Because it's very rare for Native Americans, this is just how it is here in Oklahoma, it's very rare for Native Americans to want to be a part of a Christian church, much less the Catholic church, or any kind of, I would say, strict or um, old school Uh, denomination like they, they do not believe typically in denominations why because their ancestry and their history is very pagan so it's very hard to separate um, I don't know why but with Native Americans it's very hard for them to accept the fact that that their ancestors were tribal people some of them were very horrible to other tribes and they murdered them And hunted them down, especially here in the West and in Oklahoma and things of that nature in terms of uh, the location or whatever. And so whenever they're trying to hold on to their heritage and their ancestry, it's very common for them to not acknowledge the bad things that their own people did. And so because they do not acknowledge that, they, they very much are against having a new life, having a new beginning because they're so stuck in the past And they think that all of their heritage is wonderful and beautiful, and some of it is with Native American tribes, but there's a lot that they did that was horrible to other tribes and to white settlers that were traveling west from the East Coast. So, so anyway, that's the guy that she married. So I find it very odd that you know, he's in prison and he's thinking about becoming Catholic I, that was a big red flag to me because I just thought, okay, the odds of that happening are like zero to none. I mean, it's just it just doesn't happen. And so, and I had been Catholic for uh, several years at that time, 
And so um, she tells me that she wants to go to church with me. I, like, I didn't even invite her. She said she wants to go to church with me. I was like, well, okay, that's fine. Well, I thought she was just going to meet me there. And, um, you know, this parish was not very far from the Taco Bell where I would have my lunch. And she did not live very far. Um, she didn't live far away from her work. Um, she would typically drive her mother-in-law's car, which her mother-in-law hated. Or she would walk to work. So I thought, well, she can just walk to church because it's close by. Well, she expected me to pick her up. So she put this pressure on me. And so because um, I would say I was a weak Christian, I allowed this manipulating woman um, to convince me that I, that I am responsible for her becoming Catholic. So she kind of guilted me and I allowed it. It's my stupidity. I own that. But I just had never been around that before. And so um, I picked her up at her house. It wasn't even her house. It was her mother-in-law's house. So um, I pick her up. Her mother-in-law refuses to meet me. So I just stay in my vehicle. And so I text this woman, hey, I'm here. And so she comes out. And I could just tell there wasn't something right about her. But I was like, well, you know, I don't want to interfere with someone going to church. Like I don't want them to think, oh, the church is bad. Or all Christians are bad because this woman wouldn't take me to church. Like, I didn't want to be like that. So I felt guilt. Like, I didn't really want to do it is the thing. And so I took her to church with me. And she was very strange at this Mass. Very strange. I don't think she had ever been to a Mass before. So she was nervous. And um, she was just very much out of place. And I just kind of felt like something was going on. And something was going on behind the scenes. And she was very odd whenever I would introduce her to people. Well, I thought, okay, she's been once. I thought, okay, she's so bizarre with this. I thought for sure she's not going to want to attend again. And she's not going to ask me for a ride. Oh, just the opposite. She expected me to pick her up every weekend to go to church. And I was like, no, that's not happening. And I, and I actually reached out. Um, to a deacon at our church, and sometimes deacons, sometimes you need them, <laughs> you know, you really do. So I reached out to a deacon, and I told him what was going on. I said, look, this woman's making me uncomfortable. I just don't have a good feeling about this. This is not a normal church-going situation. She's putting pressure on me to take her to church. I'm not doing this anymore. I took her once, and I looked at it this way. You know, when I want to go to church, you know, even when I haven't had a vehicle when I was younger, I walked to church, like, you know, Even if it took me an hour to get to church, I would walk. Like, I didn't put pressure on anybody to take me to church. Like, I just went because that was my desire. So um, he said, well, give her my number. He goes, I know of a really good prison, prison ministry excuse me, that operates um, or has offices or people or chaplains or whatever at our different state penitentiaries. So if this guy is legit, if he's actually in prison... You know, we can have, you know, a basically a spiritual advisor reach out to him and see what's going on, because obviously they have a lot of family problems. I said, yes, they have huge family problems, and I'm not prepared for that. And so um, I stopped taking her to church, and I gave her this phone number. I said, look, you know, your situation is over my head. You know, I wish it the best, but if you want to go to church, you've got to get a car and go, or you've got to walk. I was like, I'm not comfortable taking someone in my, my vehicle every weekend, because... You know, I don't go to the same mass on every weekend. Like sometimes I go to different churches. So, you know, you know, it's not appropriate to make you, to make me your your taxi cab. And I could tell she didn't like that. And I was nice about it. I said, look, 
here's a phone number you can call reach out to these people they can help you and your husband with any questions you might have and if you are interested in RCIA which is what it is called to convert to Catholicism it's the right of christian initiation for adults if if you and your husband are are interested in that here's the information that you would need and this is the process because you know Catholics um whenever you convert to Catholicism it takes like a year to do so which i found to be really stupid because you know whenever you give your life to Christ it's immediate that you are in God's family but you know but when it comes to becoming catholic they make you wait and i don't think that's right and everything i don't like about catholicism and i kind of felt gypped and cheated on this was that you know if you were baptized against your will or you were baptized in a funky situation and you did not agree with it the catholic church says oh you can only be baptized once and we will not rebaptize you even if you didn't agree with it and your heart wasn't in it and i was like okay that's one of the main reasons why i converted to catholicism was to get rebaptized on my own terms and for it to be something spiritual and something wonderful for me so I can give my life to Christ. Well, the Catholic Church told me and pretty much everybody else that wanted to get rebaptized, they they told us no. And I stupidly went ahead and became Catholic. I should have just left and not continued with RCIA, but it's it's one of those things that, you know, when you start we start something, I just kind of thought, you know, I'm not a quitter, and so I was just kind of like, well, I'll go along with it. I should not have done that. I should have walked away. Anyway, so I gave this weird woman um the phone number to this deacon and some other information. And what's interesting is that I had purchased a ring. And it was a very beautiful ring. I mean, it was cheap. It wasn't like, you know, a platinum or gold or something, but you know, it it meant a lot to me cuz you know, when I converted to Catholicism, I was like, you know what? I'm going to celebrate my faith every year. you know and buy myself like an anniversary gift well for the first several years I was catholic i couldn't afford to do that because stuff would come up and i didn't have the money so when i actually did have the money i bought this really beautiful ring and it was um it was silver with fake diamonds they're like um lab made diamonds and it was around this heart and this heart was purple i don't think it's amethyst i'm trying to remember what the name of that stone is but it's like a pink heart It was it's a very beautiful ring. And um so I would wear I would wear that ring and it and it would remind me of my dedication to Christ. And so I was trying to make it positive being Catholic even though I wasn't happy. So that's that's another reason why um I should have known that I really wasn't meant to be Catholic because I'm having to do these things to make myself happy and it's like if something's not right, it's not right. Um but anyway, Um you know I continue to eat at the Taco Bell every now and then and so one of the last times I went in there actually into the Taco Bell the weird lady came over and sat with me and I guess it was like her day off or something and she wanted to talk to me I said sure what's up and it still made me uncomfortable because it's like she wanted to be friends it's like I don't want to be friends with this woman we have nothing in common she uses people and you know the fact that her husband is a very violent uh, criminal offender and he's soon to be released. I don't want to meet him. Like I don't want to be around these people because something's not right with this family dynamic. Well, we're sitting there and um we're talking and she's talking to me about knitting or something. I don't know, something stupid, something I'm not interested in. And I just really didn't want to be there. You know, it's like when I go into a restaurant, I'm there for me. I'm not there to be chummy with everybody. Like I'm there to eat my meal, enjoy my time and leave. Well, She makes it a point to flash her hands in front of my face and she had a ring 
that looked just like the one I had. I don't know where she got it. I have no idea how she got one of these rings because it was specifically made for me. Like it was like a one of a kind. Like it was not something that was mass produced. And so like my mouth just dropped and when I saw her ring, it was just like me. I mean, it was just like my ring. It was like a twin to it and she just got this weird smile. And I said, "You know, I really need to leave. You know, thank you for talking with me." And I never went back because it creeped me out. And it really bugged me. And so I told our deacon about it and I said, "Look, I don't know how she did that because she works at a Taco Bell. She's poor." And not everybody that works at Taco Bell is poor, but I know from her situation, she did not have the money to buy that kind of ring. She just didn't. It just her circumstances, her financial circumstances did not match the the jewelry purchase that she had on her hand. It was weird. And I kind of felt like, okay, am I sitting with someone that stole a ring because it really made me uncomfortable. It's like she was trying to be like me. You know, she was trying to uh be Catholic and then have this real pretty ring and she was trying to use me for my car and I was just like, "Nope, I'm drawing a line in the sand." Like, you know, here's the thing. You know, we as Christians, we do have a responsibility to preach the gospel and to be good stewards of our time, our money, and our fellowship, right? But that does not mean that we are a doormat. And this lady, well she wasn't a lady. No lady acts the way she did. And if you're a lady, you don't marry men like what she married. You have to be careful about things like that. Um but anyway, um even though we are supposed to be good kind people as Christians, that doesn't mean we are doormats. And here's the thing, we are not other people's taxi cabs. I am not someone else's Uber driver. She didn't pay for the fuel and she just expected me to pick her up every weekend. I mean it was it was weird like she just expected to be able to use my vehicle. And here's another thing at that time I drove a really nice truck. And it's like, you know, she would talk about her truck and stuff and it's like, you know, this is really making me uncomfortable. See, cuz there's a thing. I remember being in college and college kids didn't act like that. At least the, the colleges that I went to, you know, you know, when you wanted to go to church with each other, you either showed up like you drove your own vehicle or you walked or you rode a bike or you just walked together or you drove together, whatever the case may be, but you didn't use one another. See, here's the thing. As Christians, we need to be careful who we associate with, and that's what these verses were reminding me of. Let me read this again. Blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God. is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked following their advice and example. Well, what kind of advice and example would that woman be to me? Not much. I mean, yes, she's a daughter of God. Yes, she was made in his image, but she is really screwed up and not normal, and she's up to no good. The verses go on to say, "Nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit down to rest in the seat of scoffers and ridiculers." As Christian believers, we need to be very careful what kind of company we keep, even if it's just by chance. Even if it's just random. And you know, that's that's one of those things that, you know, I've had two bad experiences actually of when um 
I took someone to church or I met them up at church or invited them to church. Um, her, I did not invite to church. She kind of was just a soul-sucking entity. And then the person that I did invite to church, that was, the, I'm trying to think if that was a couple years before that. It was this guy I worked with. We were dating. And, oh, man, it did not go well. It was bad. So needless to say, um, you need to be careful, especially uh, for women and young women. You need to be careful who you invite to church, who you let into your vehicle. And if, if there is any hesitation, if there is any kind of I'm not comfortable with this, That's a red flag. That that's the Holy Spirit telling you you need to walk away from this. Let God handle that person. You know, if if God you know, let, let me put it this way. God does want that weird woman to go to church, but he may not want her to go to the church that I go to. And that may shock some people, but here's the thing. Sometimes people they want to be a part of your life because they want something that you have. So then they just act like they are you and it's like they're trying to steal your lifestyle. Well, here's the thing, the Bible is very clear, we're not supposed to sit with people like that. We're not supposed to associate with people like that. See, there's a difference in the intention and I'll close with this. You know, if she had been a normal woman, completely normal, and said, "Hey, I'm interested in the faith that you practice. Can you tell me about it?" And I would have said, "Sure, that's fine." a normal person would not have expected the stranger that they approached to give them a ride to church. She should have said, "Oh, well I'll meet you at church if that's okay." See, that's more normal. But none of the normal stuff happened. Why? Because this woman is a controller and a manipulator. And for all I know, I kind of wondered if she was trying to shake me down for money because that just was not going to happen. it just was not going to happen. So yes, there's a time and place to help people out. But I strongly encourage women to be careful about that. Like you need to you need to funnel people that need help. You need to funnel them to the appropriate groups or people within your church that handle that stuff all the time. You know, my mother has a phrase that I think is great. She says it doesn't pay to be a do-gooder. And what she means by that is that you can have good intentions all day and all night, but if you're putting your own safety in jeopardy, you're stupid. You need to wake up to the fact that sometimes people use your faith, your religion, your kindness against you. And they bank on that and they plan on that. So stay away from wicked, bad people. Don't ever give in to them. Walk away. Don't share a meal with them. Nothing. You need to be around good, kind people that are that are really I don't know how else to describe this, but they really do believe in the goodness of God because whenever someone believes in the goodness of God, they know that they are not supposed to be a bad person because they know what God thinks about bad people. You know, it's interesting about wicked people and just bad people in general, they often laugh about stuff like this and they scoff at it. That's why this, you know, that's why the Bible says, don't sit with wicked people, don't sit with scoffers. 
Because whenever, you know, what's really interesting about this weird woman, she would, every once in a while, she would laugh at me, kind of scoff. And I thought it was odd, and she would try and hide it. And then she'd try and go back into that whole meek and, oh, I'm just so glad to sit with you. I'm just so glad to be around you. I'm just like, it is so creepy. It's just like, mm. You know, it's one of those things that I used to give people the benefit of the doubt way more when I was younger. And I'm not old, not by any means. I'm only 38. But here's the thing. I don't give hardly anyone the benefit of the doubt. I trust God, but that doesn't mean I have to trust people. I love people, but I put my faith in God, not in people. And when I put my faith in God and I trust God, he you know, very clearly warns me, warns all of us about the schemes and the plans of bad people that are basically doing the bidding of the evil one. I mean, because think about it. Did that woman actually have good intentions towards me? No. She targeted me. She picked me out. Of all the customers that went to this Taco Bell, she picked me out and she targeted me. And this all happened like within a week. And I shut that puppy down. I mean, I shut that situation down. I was like, nope, nope. And you know what's interesting? As far as I know, that woman never called the deacon. She'd never reached out to like um, the prison ministry that they had. I'm um, at this church I went to, nothing. She's a user. She, she's a manipulator. And I kind of figured that's what was happening. I just kind of thought, you know, there's probably a reason why. It's probably going to ruffle some feathers, but there's probably a reason why this mother-in-law doesn't like her. Now, mind you, a lot of mother-in-laws are bad people. <laughs> It's rare I meet a kind mother-in-law, which I, I think is very unfortunate. But sometimes the mother-in-law, you know, this is rare, but sometimes they are correct. She didn't like this woman. She didn't like this woman living in her house. I don't blame her. But do be careful about the people that you allow into your life, who you sit with, who you congregate with, who you spend time with, who you have fellowship with, because it does matter. You know, it's kind of like when I was a teeny bopper, you know, the adults, whether it was our parents or our teachers, you know, they would say, hey, you know, you can be guilty by association. I hated that. I thought it was stupid because I was like, well, sometimes we don't have a choice who, who we sit by. You know, but here's the thing. Once you're age 18 and over, you are completely responsible for who is in your life. Completely. So don't be guilty by association. Be free and blessed by association. But the only way that you can be free and blessed by association is to be around the right people that God calls you to. I will go ahead and end this podcast, but as usual, until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye-bye.
Speak.